and welcome back to another episode of Watch Once Never Again, the podcast where we re a podcast where we watch disturbing movies so you don't have to. I'm Mary Beth. I'm Dex. <laughs> that was Dex. Like the remix of the intro. <laughs> Um, and this week we are ending our first drug series. We'll probably have another one um, with the 2021 film Castle in the Ground. Did I say 2021? I meant 2020 film Castle in the Ground. I thought it was from before that. It de- it debuted in 2019 at TIFF, but then it came out in 2020. Oh, okay. I see. So it's the more recent movies we're talking about I on honestly, the series. I thought it was from 2018, and I was like, wow, Alex Wolf had like a trying year in film that year. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a trying like career, except for being in the Naked Brothers Band on Nickelodeon, which is incredible, but that is where he got his start. I think, I think that probably is trying. That's true, in a different way. Probably. That's like why he became such a, like, uh, method actor. <laughs> method like, actor. Please take me seriously. I'm begging. <laughs> and boy, do I. He's incredible. Honestly, if I see his name, like, on it, I will probably watch it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's one of those for me. Because I'm like, he only takes, like, weird projects, so... <laughs> true yeah a lot of people didn't like him in pig but i thought he was really interesting in pig yeah we were just talking about that i haven't seen that (laughs) um i don't know that i will watch it because it seems sad and i can't handle i know i i know i like sad movies but i can't handle like animal sadness animal related sadness well it's like animal related sadness but it's more than that too it's like it goes a little bit deeper than that Honestly, but it is, but there is animal sadness. Like I'm not gonna say there's not because I, I really feel is. like that's the only thing that would get me. <laughs> Some like probably. Oh no, probably. Fine. They deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> animal sadness can't handle, and I just I look. I know I'm going to like film Twitter hell. I cannot stand Nicolas Cage. Like I don't like him. Oh like, in anything. really? Okay. Also, isn't he a woman beater? Why don't we ever talk about this? I don't know. Yeah, he he's he has a huge. I, well, I don't know if he still does. I don't think he, I don't know if he's still actively like drinking, but he definitely has slash has a drink had slash has a drinking problem, and I pretty sure he hit his girlfriend because he was drunk. Yes. Interesting. I, think. I don't know. I just feel like. Like, you know. No, but you have, I, you have a point. No, it's true. Like, why I do we feel all like, ignore it? Um, well, not I me. think I because I feel like one of the things is like they weren't sure if it actually happened or not, which is not an excuse for them to be like shitty. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. we should he have was a married film to Twitter Patricia meeting. Arquette. He's married to her? He was for like six years. That's interesting. I didn't know that. that. Interesting. I don't know. In any event, I don't like him. I don't think I like any of the movies he's been in. And yes, that includes Mandy. <laughs> I don't like that movie. Oh, you. 
I'm sorry. I want to, because I really like, um, is it Andrea Riseborough? Yes. I, I like that person. They're in Mandy, right? Yes. Okay, I just found, I found what happened. He was arrested in New Orleans, because he loves New Orleans, in 2011 for suspicion of domestic abuse, disturbing the peace and public intoxication. A cop was flagged down by onlooker, onlookers after Cage allegedly grabbed his wife's upper arm while he was drunk. He was held in police custody. Um, he was later ordered to appear in court and that they dropped the charges against Cage. And then also apparently he <laughs> he was accused by Kathleen Turner of stealing a chihuahua and getting arrested for driving drunk twice. And she actually said that... It, she was wrong in his slide for the book. What? Now that I think about it, I've been to New Orleans once, and I am fairly sure he owned... Do you know... Uh, you've seen Coven. <laughs> so. Yeah, he, he, he owned the LaLaurie mansion. He had to sell it, though, because he was having um, massive financial problems. But he did own the LaLaurie mansion, which is like one of the, supposedly one of the most haunted places in the country. Because that fucking crazy lady. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what the Lallerie Mansion is, this lady, like, straight up just fucking tortured, like, all, like, all of her slaves, like, so many slaves. And, and like, her entire mansion was used to just torture slaves. And, it, yep. it, it, like, mm-hmm. legit torture. Yeah, like, in the most um, depraved ways possible. Yeah, and you can go see it. It's a nice building, but you can't like go in it. <laughs> uh, it's privately owned. Yeah, it's. I think it's condos now. Maybe. I would. I don't think it is. I thought it was like apartments or condos or something. Maybe this it, was twenty fifteen though. So yeah, I went twenty eighteen. I think too. I can't remember when I went to New Orleans. I don't know. I can't remember, honestly. But I would not want to live in the fucking LaLaurie mansion. Are you fucking kidding me? No way, Jose. Unless the rent is free, then I'll live with some ghosts for free. <laughs> um, We want a Nicolas Cage rant, and he's not even in this movie that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I, f- I forgot. <laughs> Dax, do you want to read the very brief plot synopsis that we could find about Castle in the Ground? Yeah, so we, (laughs) well, y'all know how I don't write plot synopses, uh, and I usually get them from Wikipedia. Well, guess what? Life had a change of plans for me. (laughs) Uh, There is, there isn't one on Wikipedia for this movie. Um, So we're using nightmarishconjurings.com. And this is, like, the best one I could find. It's not super long, but it's longer than all the rest of them. So (laughs) it says, it says, uh, Henry, played by Alex Wolf, is done with high school, but now spends his time taking care of his ailing mother, played by Nev Campbell. His routine revolves around her, and it's clear he has yet to live the kind of life most people his age like to celebrate while getting her medications henry peeks through the front door to see what kind of visitors his no his nosy neighbor across the hall has the neighbor anna played by imogen poots is an addict 
unable to hide her desperation at the local pharmacy or when she asks Henry for seemingly small favors despite not having any sort of friendship with him, which we will talk about. Um, <laughs> after a not-so-sudden loss, um, I would argue with that, Henry leaves behind his apprehensions and gets himself involved in Anna's life. As it turns out, her routine consists of borrowing Henry's phone and leaving voicemails for her unreliable associates, including her mother. That's an odd word for a mother. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call my mom, my associate. <laughs> <laughs> she, she makes attempts to bribe prescriptions out of her doctor and steps uh, and stops at shady locations for questionable purposes. Henry takes some of his mother's medication and experiences the drug-induced ride that is Anna's environment. Um, while... Anna continues to manipulate those around her. She does give Henry someone else to care for while she's indulging in recklessness. Um, while the story uh, gets uh, kicked from the theft subplot, it stays in the background. And that's kind of it. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to elaborate a little bit. Um, it starts out with Henry taking care of his mother, Nev Campbell. She has cancer. I want to say they said it was Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. Um, she is... She, she is prescribed fentanyl for her ailments, and mm -hmm. he gives them to her. He's, like, really, like, dutiful about it. And... Um, he see, he has his really his neighbors really loud Imogen Poots she's always having parties um he basically sees a, 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 a how would you describe that like uh like a setup right um yeah like some kind of like people coming to get money or drugs from her and like they burst in to yeah, the like house, a robbery the apartment yeah like a robbery type situation yeah so he witnesses a robbery at anna's place he reacts surprisingly calmly to it in fact i don't yeah. think he does anything at all <laughs> he's just like yeah all right just yeah. another day yeah um so in taking care of his mother he she she's very clearly addicted to the fentanyl um and at one point, she asked him for, uh, she wanted to combine like two different pain medications, which the, which the pharmacist had made a point of saying like, hey, you cannot do that with these. Mm -hmm. um, and he says no, but she kind of bullies him into it. So he does it and goes to sleep. When he wakes up, she is dead next to him. So that's terrible. And then <laughs> after that, he kind of gets curious, I guess, about the drug. Um, and for some for some reason that isn't really explained, he just goes to hang out with Anna. <laughs> like, he's just like, oh, this, this person does drugs. I'll just go there. <laughs> you well, know, I got it. Like, it just seemed once. like because there's like a scene where... He's lying on the floor crying and it just feels like he's so lonely like his girl he broke up with his girlfriend who's going off to college and he's just by himself now and it's like 
well, my mom got reprieve from her pain with the drugs, so I'll just take it too. And then, oh, this girl across the hallway is like in need of caretaking. I'll go hang out with her. That's kind of how I saw it as like he just was trying to get rid of his pain and he saw how his mom dealt with it. So he was like, I'll just do it too. Yeah, no, I definitely got that about using the drug. Um, but I it, it wasn't really clear to me why he just showed up at Anna's place. Like other than they talked once and he knew that she did drugs. You know, because yeah. she, she hit him up at the pharmacy about this i know you know but um for all the people who didn't want to watch this sad ass movie um <laughs> she she was like trying to hit him up at the pharmacy uh for money and then for a ride and like for a cigarette and like can i use your phone <laughs> yeah like just just everything so um the only thing i could think of is that he didn't really know anyone else and just knew she did yeah drugs, so it was like safe to go hang out with her while he was like exceedingly high <laughs> yeah and like okay she kind of knows what it's like to be stoned and fucked up like i'll just like you said i'll go right. chill with her and she's across yeah. the hall so she's an easy person to find to hang out with right yeah i didn't really get the I mean, not at first anyway, a after they started hanging out, sure. But at first I, di I didn't see it as like he wanted to take care of her. I, I saw it just as like he just showed up there because he didn't know where else to go while he was really high. Yeah, that's true. He was a lonely boy. <laughs> yeah. So when he goes to hang out there, um, <laughs> Keir Gilchrist. <laughs> Polo boy. <laughs> he plays... He plays like a wanna. He's a drug dealer, but he's like a wannabe drug dealer. Like, yes. he wants to be tough, but he is Keir Gilchrist. <laughs> baby. <laughs> he's baby. Yeah, so he plays the. Um, he like deals oxys, but. Uh, and, and, and the robbery that um, Henry witnessed was of him, of Gilchrist. What is he? Polo boy? Polo boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Polo boy. So, so basically he witnessed somebody robbing uh, Polo boy for his pills. Um, but it was a setup. And, and Polo boy knows this. Um, he knows that Anna and her friends set him up. But when they stole those drugs, which apparently are from like cartel people right that's the mm -hmm. that's the big fear here um they they accidentally stole like fentanyl so it kills one of the friends then his boyfriend like wants to get revenge and it's just a mess and basically um the rest of the movie is henry trying out drugs like trying out fentanyl, getting really addicted to it, and then them running away from people who are chasing them because they stole a whole shit ton of drugs from some baddies. Right? Would you say? Yep. Yep. And in in so doing that, he ends up kind of taking care of Anna, sort of in the way that he took care of his mother. And in the end, spoiler alert, um, they get high together. She 
kind of strong arms him in the same way his mother did to give her I, I don't remember what it was I guess just like extra fentanyl um, mm -hmm. and he's like kind of crying because I think he knows that she's gonna die and that's the end of the movie so we and don't she's see like, everything's she gonna does. be all right everything's Would, gonna yeah. be all right and he's which just is exactly crying. what his mom said yeah yes so it's really sad um i wish there was a better plot synopsis but i think on a whim that that pretty much covered it yeah it does so have you ever seen this before or had you ever no. seen this before no i hadn't even heard of it until you brought it up um, so I was very interested and I definitely had a very different expectation about what it was going to be because the poster has a guy with a gun on it and a mask. And I thought there was going to be a lot more action and like violence in it. And while there is some, it's just much more somber than I expected. Yeah. I also think the, um, the poster is weird for this yeah it just like the way it like sets the expectation of like oh it's going to be like super violent they're going to be robbing a ton of people and there's going to be like a lot of gun violence and like there was a little bit but not a lot like less than i expected just by the poster um it was just all real fucking sad <laughs> really sad and you know how we know it's sad it has the blue and green like filter <laughs> <laughs> that's the sad filter that is the sad filter. And so you had seen this before, of course. And what, did you watch this like 600 times? <laughs> no, this is my second time watching it. <laughs> um, it did make me pretty sad this time. It made me it made me sad the first time, too. Like, oh, man. Just, I mean, opioid movies, like, really get me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th this time watching it, I feel like I was slightly less sad because I did notice it had more action than I remembered in it, mm, but okay. still not a lot. Still definitely not enough to warrant that poster. <laughs> yes. In my opinion. I agree. Um, well, and it's just like, just like, it's just tragedy after tragedy for this poor kid. Like, he's just, like, trying to make ends meet and take care of his mom, and then his mom doesn't want to continue cancer treatment, and his girlfriend goes to college, and he's just like, well, I guess I'm going to do drugs to, like, numb the pain, and then it just spirals so quickly for him, because he gets in with the wrong crowd. I mean, Jesus Christ, he couldn't have picked a worse person. For real. Like, and he chooses to the hang worst out with, and... too. Yeah, like, not even heroin dude zero like, to fentanyl heroin. zero <laughs> just jump right the fuck in yeah um but i actually i like i mean this is weird to say but i like that this movie's about fentanyl because you never see that mm. in movies no definitely and like because this is so recent too i think it definitely kind of deals with the fact that fentanyl is so like such a bad thing and is such an issue right now um, in terms of, like, things are laced with fentanyl, like, be careful, like, you know, people talk about, like, LSD or, um, coke and things like that cut with, like, fentanyl, and it's a huge problem right now, um, 
for a lot like for a lot of drug users and so like it was interesting particularly to see like fentanyl being used like very purposefully in this movie rather than like oh surprise it's fentanyl but like oh no no we're just taking fentanyl for real like we know what we're doing (laughs) yeah and and in fact that's um well i guess the the anna's like friends they didn't know it was fentanyl they didn't know that it was like I, Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was completely fentanyl or cut with it um but I mean, I guess we should say for anybody who doesn't know, fentanyl is like mm-hmm. extremely cheap, and it you need like I, it's measured in like micrograms because it's so fucking strong. Um, yep. You, you know, you, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but like the, like you can see online, like in news articles and stuff, it's like if you even like smell fentanyl, you could like OD. Like if you even like imagine. Oh, I fentanyl, didn't know that. Um, <laughs> just think about fentanyl. Oh, just no. think about it real hard. Um, yeah, no. Um, you know, depending on how much it is, like if you touch it, um, <laughs> you could OD. Uh, if if I mean, there have been there have been reports. I don't know how true it is um, because cops lie, but like um, <laughs> there have been. <laughs> let's not get twisted. <laughs> um, there have been reports of cops like. Who do raids like ODing because they get um, too much of like Hot the Jesus the smell or like hmm. I, I don't know what it is, but sounds um, like propaganda to me. But that's terrible. I know <laughs> I, like I, I agree, I but it is ex- it's exceedingly strong. Like I said, it's measured yes. in like micrograms, and you yeah, only this... need like the like um, like one grain, like the equivalent of a grain of salt, to be exceedingly high. Yeah, and so. I'm looking at the CDC website just to get some info. It's typically used to, for advanced cancer pain, which we see mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, it is 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine. Right. Which is crazy. And then the CDC's website says overdose deaths involving synthetic opioids, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid, were nearly 12 times higher in 2019 than in 2013. Yeah. And in fact, like, I think a lot of times now when people are like, it's fake heroin, that is what they mean. They they mean it is fentanyl. And that's why people yeah. are dying. Like, left, it's an epidemic, to be honest. And um, yeah, it's I don't, really I don't think a problem. lot of people realize that. Yeah. Well, and the other, like, we, like I was saying, like, people are cutting drugs with fentanyl and not telling anybody. Right. Which is what happens in this movie where, uh, like, one of, like, two of the friends take... The, the drugs and it ends up being fentanyl one of them overdoses because they don't i don't know yeah and you know and they like he confronts polo boy and is like this is fake and then polo boy won't take it because he knows it's not actually heroin and he knows it's fentanyl i think he also probably doesn't do drugs Ah, uh, one of those yeah like he looks really clean cut which is yeah part of why it's he is, like, I think supposed to be, like, funny, like a joke. <laughs> yeah, well, cause especially because Anna goes, I used to babysit you, which was so sad at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sh- there's, like, this kind of, again, this is another movie that doesn't, like, go into the past of everyone. Obviously, you see Alex Wolf's past, like, with his mom and yeah. with his, like, kind of relationship with religion. Um, but with her, it's, like, pretty 
it's like, again, kind of mentioned a little bit, but when she goes, I used to babysit you. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's so fucking sad that this is a town getting absolutely ravaged by the opioid epidemic. Yeah. And that's why he keeps like, um, Polo Boy keeps calling her banana, I think, because it's like how he probably referred to her when he was a kid. And a banana. And you know what makes it even worse is he like sex stores her for drugs. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. She, she doesn't have money. Yeah. And, and he's so rude about it also. He's like, go get a shower and like put on makeup. Like, what the Jesus fuck? Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> anyway. Terrible. Yeah. The, I mean, I like that. I like that this movie um, sort of shows what I would probably guess are like the three main ways that people get into drugs. Like, one is like party life. Two is just like boredom and curiosity, or like loneliness. And then three is um oh, and and by drugs I mean like um opioids specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three is like. Uh, you were prescribed it for a legitimate reason and now you're addicted to it. Yep. Because his mom is definitely an addict. Oh, 100%. And I mean, like, and it's hard with her because you, like, she obviously is in so much pain and, like, what else is going to make the pain go away? You know what I mean? Like, that one's even harder because it's obviously, yeah, she's an addict, but it's like, Jesus Christ, what else can she do to, like, make herself feel better when she's, like, in those late stages of cancer? Yeah, exactly. It's it's so it's so scary to me, um, the idea of being prescribed something and then you get addicted to it. Like, you're prescribed it in abundance, really. Um, that, I mean... That's how so many people got addicted to Oxy and then yeah, that led to the heroin epidemic is because they they were, for people who don't know, I, I don't, I'm not trying to mansplain the opioid epidemic, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like Oxys were pushed as this miracle drug where yep. they're not dangerous, they're not very mm-hmm. addictive as they thought that like the coating on them would prevent um, addiction, which is not fucking mm. true. You just crush them up nope. and like inject them or snort them, whatever. Um, yep. And it's basically um, prescription heroin, right? So mm-hmm. that when people figured out, you know, it's basically the same thing. Heroin is much cheaper. That's how we got the heroin epidemic. And that is so fucking scary to me. Like, yep. that, it's horrifying. And I can't even... It, it's unconscionable that that even fucking happened. Like, these these drug companies were basically bribing doctors to, like, over-prescribe these medications to, pe- mm-hmm. to people who don't really need them. And then the, the doctors being told it's a miracle drug uh, that's not very addictive... Even they should not have been over prescribing. I'm not okaying that. I'm just saying I don't think they realized how bad it was going to be, and then the, you know, the rug is pulled out from under these people who are getting these prescription drugs. Now suddenly yep. they're like left in the lurch. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? It's that's so fucking. Well, yeah, scary and to like me. when you're 
like when you're already in pain and then you have to kind of like come off of the pain management like i've heard stories about people like going nuts in hospitals of like getting weaned off of their pain medication and like going through withdrawal symptoms while they're still in pain in the hospital so if like you're a person who doesn't want to experience that pain of like on top of your art like of your pain because this happened to like someone i know who passed away was like she had horrible back problems and got addicted to oxy because she was in so much pain it was the only thing that made her feel better and it's like obviously she shouldn't have been abusing her oxy but it's like on the other hand you're like well what the fuck out like it's fucking hard to like live in pain like that you know what i mean like and it's so fucked up and that's how they get people to think about it you know what i mean like oh it's pain management and like these people don't have anything else to do when they're in so much pain or they don't think they do at least you know what i mean and it's just so fucked up and it's not it's not even just fuck that. pharmaceutical companies <laughs> Yeah, like to an extent. <laughs> to an to an extent. Sorry. I love antidepressants. Big, I do love my antidepressants and my mood regulators. Those are important. But it's not. It's not even just like what else can they do? It's like they don't realize they're getting like addicted. They don't realize a lot of the time that they're using more and more until yep. it's way too late. Yep. It's so scary. I didn't even. Yep. I, I didn't even take not one type of pill after my um, top surgery because I'm just no I'm scared <laughs> and I just got I know I took like one Vicodin when I got my wisdom teeth out and it made me sick so I and, just never took no, it, it again yeah and and also that that freaks me out too like <laughs> I don't want to feel ill no absolutely uh, not yeah no I'm I mean up until only a few years ago i think i recently told you this up until only a few years ago i i didn't even take like tylenol that's right that's right that's right yeah i forgot about I that know. yeah it, it just freaks I definitely me out take so bad. Tylenol. yeah and that's part of why this movie i mean i think it got I don't remember. Did it get like mixed reviews or like generally positive reviews? I think it got mixed reviews because like, and I can see why, like I liked it, but there is kind of like a tonal weirdness when like he, when Alex Wolf is starts getting into drugs and like gets kind of into the scene with um like the robbers and stuff. I think it feels like it was going to be an action, like crime thriller and then doesn't fully commit to that. So I think that was kind of the big the big, from what I was seeing, like on Letterbox and stuff, there was like the tonal inconsistencies that kind of like got people not so positive on it. I could see that. I could definitely yeah. see that. I kind of attributed that tonal weirdness to like we're in his brain and he is very high for like the first time. Yeah. Well, because there's a lot of really interesting moments where they just like cut. You know what I mean? Like, there are scenes where he has, like, the hilt of gun to his head and they just cut abruptly. And I kind of love that, though, where it wasn't, it was trying to, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe what I, what I liked about it, but it was just, like, brain shut off. You know what I mean? Or just, like, all of a sudden it cuts off because, I don't know, it just felt rather than like luxuriating and, like, these, these, like, intense moments, it kind of cuts off expectations of you 
kind of like what it leaves you questioning like what happens next and almost like because his character is kind of an unreliable narrator in a sense that kind of that that editing lends to that like unreliability yeah i definitely would agree with that and i also like that you know a lot of it is like kind of I, I feel like a lot of it is in, like, kind of slow motion. I, I don't know if I'm maybe just misremembering that, but it it almost felt like um, dreamlike in, in so far as, like, it feels like... You know how in a dream, when you, like... If you, like, move your arm in a dream, it almost feel It almost looks like you're moving your arm in, like, water, but you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's kind of the vibe I got from this, where it feels like everything is like kind of slowed down, but also um, not dreamlike in the sense that it's like comforting. It, it's nightmarish in that yeah. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I liked that about about this, and and I did like the sad filter. I I like the sad filter. I like green and blue. <laughs> you know? No, I know. And that's how exactly how you know. It's like muted tones and it pairs well with like the rundown apartment buildings that are falling apart around him and all that stuff. Yeah, which where did this take place, do you know? Oh, on Ontario. Uh, no, I thought it was Sudbury, Ohio. Oh, it's it's a Sudbury, Ontario. Oh, well, that's probably it. And I was like, Ohio. No, it's a Canadian movie, so it is probably Ontario. <laughs> well, you know what? Woo! I don't know where Sudbury is either way. <laughs> so you could have been right. But it's definitely like one of those small towns that are just wrecked by drug use. Like, you get that vibe already. Like, at the beginning, because li- they live in a pretty... A relatively bad, like not when I say bad, I mean like falling apart, kind of like the paints chipping, doesn't really taking care of rundown apartment building, and then you have the parties across the hall with people who are doing drugs or selling drugs. So you kind of get that vibe of this isn't the best neighborhood, um, or it's happening everywhere too. Yeah, because th- when they're like driving around, there's never a part of town that they get to where it doesn't look like that. Yeah. See, I, I thought they had like a very nice apartment. It just happened to be a little run down now, but like, it's so big. Like, you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, yeah, it's not a bad apartment. I just want to, it's like run a little run down, but they made it home, which also makes me think that like, maybe they lived there before everything maybe the neighborhood went downhill and they live there and things have kind of changed around them too that's definitely that could also be part of it yeah like it wasn't always like this but now it's kind of the every the dynamics have changed because a lot of places are like that that have like been one way and then completely changed due to like to drugs and things like that or vice versa but yeah yeah that that's definitely the the vibe I got from it and maybe that's me projecting like you know my experience onto it um but like even where I mostly grew up like it went from like normal ish to 
um, everybody is on drugs. <laughs> like, when I got in high yeah. school. Like, literally everyone. Um, so, to me, I kind of just assumed that the town where where the movie takes place, like, where they live, um, was probably, like, normal and then just, oh, not overnight, but overnight. Yeah. Got wrecked by drugs and now it looks like this. And this is the new normal. Like, exactly like you said. And and I think that that's kind of exactly what happened all over America. And maybe, I guess, Canada. I really don't know about mm-hmm. um, Canada's relationship with the opioid ep- epidemic. Um, which I would like to look into. Because I think in America, we think of Canadians of as, like, having it together. <laughs> like, completely. <laughs> And they must not, right? <laughs> Correct. They do not. Um, what, what was I going to say? You know what else I liked about this movie? And it's not drug what? related. I really liked the parts where we see, like, um, Henry practicing his religion and like yes the, the yes yes, yes. And stuff. yes yeah how did you feel about all that i liked that i wish they had like leaned into it a little bit more too because like too. you know at the beginning he's shown praying in a pretty traditional way and like with wrapping his arm in this leather band and it's like a pretty traditional like method of prayer. And I, I, I didn't look this up, but it felt like perhaps they, they're Orthodox Jews as well. I don't know if that's actually confirmed, but because of a, a traditional way of praying, um, it kind of like made me think about that. But I also don't know enough about Orthodox Judaism to actually know if that's the case. But his mom says things like, oh, you're praying again. And it's like he's finding solace at first in his religion and then, you know, you see him praying a couple more times. You see him when he's high go to a service. They have their sitting shiva for um, for his his mother's funeral. So there have these, like, really interesting things, like, mixed in about religious beliefs and how perhaps he tries to use them as comfort and it doesn't cut, doesn't cut it for him. And he resorts to um, a quicker kind of method to not feel pain. But I just wish there was a little bit more of that in there because I think it was so interesting to have that and have him practicing, like, praying and all those things. And I just wish there was a little bit more. But, yeah, I thought that was really awesome to have that integrated. Again, because we don't see a lot of that in movies, especially a movie that's not, like, about Jewish identity. You know what, like, it, right. you know what I mean? Like, this isn't a movie yeah. all about being... Jewish and like a Jewish experience, but having it kind of on the side rather than having to be Catholic. I think that that was um, a really cool and interesting addition to the film that just gave it a little bit more depth. 100%. And let me stretch a little bit because I might be reaching. But um, do you, I got the impression that when he's, he's wrapping the, like the leather band around his arm i kind of <gasps> got that impression that that's supposed to also be like look like religion is an addiction and like um this Ooh, is this is another way out and it's very similar to using a tourniquet to um do drugs i thought the same thing yeah i don't know if I that's had that a reach, thought. But... 
Yeah, I, I, I thought a lot about how, like, it was, especially because when he's praying after his mom dies, the closer to when he starts doing the drugs, they zoom in on him wrapping his arm a little bit mm-hmm. more. Like, they focus more on that act of wrapping his arm, either as, like, kind of drawing, it, it's like, it's a ritual similar to how, like, the ritual of when you're injecting drugs into your system, there is, like, kind of that idea of ritual behind the whole process of tying off your arm cooking right. heroin that kind of stuff so i got that vibe so it can't unless we just have the same brain which is probably true like it feels like a kind of like a purposeful little glimpse into that in my brain yeah i, I don't know I, I definitely think so maybe we're both reaching but no i definitely think <laughs> that was part of it um what did you think of image and poots what did you think of anna tell me everything um, well, I love Imogen Poots, and I always laugh at her last name because I'm a 12-year-old boy. Um, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I will not, apo- I, well, I will apologize for my immaturity, but just Poots makes me laugh. But I love her. I think she's incredible in everything. I think that, like, I love her, this just sounds so weird. I love her face and her nose and her eyes. I think she's an incredibly expressive person. Yes. Who is able to like really tell you a lot without saying anything, which like sounds so contrived, but it's true. Like she's really good at emoting. And in this movie, like she really plays a good drug addict. That sounds terrible, but like, <laughs> like she has the affect of like, you don't have to do this for me, but like she does a, you know, like when she says like, you know, you don't have to give me $20, but I did give you that slice of pie for free. Or like, you don't have to do this, but I just did a favor for you. And like, she kind of really encapsulates that whole, like, um, like the kind of manipulation of a lot of drug users, at least that I've known in terms of like, it's not, doesn't seem like a bad thing like oh can i have five dollars can i have twenty dollars can i use your phone kind of thing which i know you have experience with because we've talked you've talked about that before (laughs) but she just like embodies that character in such a sad way especially when it's like oh my mom's calling us go talk to her mom and i just her character is so sad to me because she was saying also that she was prescribed it she was prescribed something before because of some kind of i don't know some kind of like pain management issue i thought too like there was a reason she got it like hooked on it and now she's trying to get her methadone and it's just getting treated like shit and i don't know i just the way she played her character as both like a little bit manipulative and a little bit sad and a little bit just like shitty i just really i like that a lot cuz it kind of captures drug addicts being not the kind of like shitty people that people might assume but they do shitty things does that make sense like they're not necessarily always shitty people but they do shitty things it makes sense to me it's because they're it's it's their addiction like driving them yeah uh, i didn't catch that she had been prescribed something before i thought maybe she got introduced to it because she's always partying um but that that methadone scene actually really upset me yeah that methadone scene really upset me because i know people that that happens to like they do get yep. um profiled 
Yeah, and treated like shit. And it's like they're trying to, they're just trying to get this medicine that they need. Or or usually it's not, I, I, actually, I don't know if this is everywhere. But here, you, for methadone, you usually have to go to a, like a clinic like every day. Um, but yes. But mm-hmm. for like Suboxone, you, you can get that filled through a pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So the people I know who have experienced that, it's usually for Suboxone. I, and I don't know, like, firmly if you can get, like, methadone through the pharmacy. I, I've never heard of that, but maybe you can. Um, but, yeah, I, I know several people who are like, yeah, I go to get my Suboxone and they just, like, won't help me. And it's for no reason other than they just think I'm an asshole because I, I used to do drugs. And it's like, what the fuck? Like... It's the same thing as, like, people, like, pharmacists and stuff who won't sell, like, the Plan B, like, over the, like... Yeah. You know how you have to ask, well, I don't know if it, this is how it is where you are, but here, at least, um, you have to ask for it, and then they get it for you. And, like, there's people who, who are like, oh, I, I can't give that to you, and they, like, make up, like, a reason. They're, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, like, explain to me like I'm a child. What is wrong with you? You know? It just makes me so fucking mad. It it makes me so fucking mad. Like, who are you? Anyway, you're supposed to help people, you know? Um, Yep, and people just automatically... Well, that's the thing. People automatically think the worst of drug users. And it's like... Once again... drug, Drug users can do shitty things, but that doesn't always mean they're shitty people. And treating them like they're shitty people only makes them feel worse. You know what I mean? It's like you're feeding the cycle of treating them like a pariah and treating them like shit and being like, they're like, oh, cool. So I just deserve to be treated like shit. So why should I change? And maybe yeah. that's just like projecting weird shit onto that. But like, that's how I, I see a lot so. of it. You know what I mean? Just like fucking that's also like, like... mutual aid here, motherfuckers. Like, why aren't we like trying to like help drug users rather than like make them feel like shit about themselves? Yeah, and exactly, and it's, like, forever, like, you're gonna treat them like shit forever, because most people who get Suboxone, like, prescriptions are using it, they're not selling it, and yeah, even if they are, it so they can feel better, like, yeah, so they can, it's, they're, like, they're trying to not do drugs, like, they're doing yeah. the thing that you want them to do, like, in a safe way that doesn't make them totally, like, <laughs> in like pain and, and ill, yeah, because they mean, don't, people don't deserve to feel like shit, like, if there's a way for them and I, pe- I know people abuse this stuff. Like, I'm not that naive. But also, like, just assuming the worst of someone to sell or abuse that is just, like, it's not how we fix prob- the problems. Like, it's just not how yeah. you fix it. Well, yeah, you kind of touched on exactly what I was going to say is, like, uh, a lot of people, including recovered addicts, actually, for the most part, I would say, have judgments surrounding whether or not you use, like, Suboxone or Methadone to get clean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a huge thing where, like, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people, especially people in recovery, they don't think you're actually clean unless you're totally yes. off of everything, including Suboxone and Methadone. Yep. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that's your call. I think people should do whatever they need to do. And then, like, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm not in it, so I don't want to, like, I, I don't know, interject into this, like, issue that really 
I don't experience, but I don't know. I just feel like maybe we shouldn't be judging how people like take care of themselves in that way. Yeah, and trying. like there is no right, there is no like one way to recover. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like everyone yes. has their own kind of journey and experience with recovery. And again, I am not in it, but I've known a lot of people who were. And as I know you have too, um, it's like not everyone has like their own experiences with it. Sometimes people relapse. Sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. Sometimes they take methadone to help themselves. Sometimes they can do it without it. Like, but no one deserves to be judged for how they are trying to recover. It's, it's so like frustrating and uh, I, it just makes me so annoyed because it's like they're trying you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, don't shit on someone for trying. Yeah, sometimes it's about, like, I I'm, I don't know how well I subscribe to this theory, but, like, it's also about, like, um, harm reduction, too, right? Like, yes. you know, people have said to me, like, so- someone I love very much, I don't want to put them on blast, but um, I'm very <laughs> close with them. They, they have to use methadone every day and someone like i i would drive them every day to the clinic and like i told someone and they were like oh well um hopefully that person gets clean soon and it's like and i was like what do you what do you mean like and they're like oh well they're still like an addict like they're basically using heroin but like they just go to the pharmacy every day or the clinic every day, and I I was I literally was like, well I remember when this person was on heroin, and let me tell you, it is not the fucking same. <laughs> like it is not the same night and day. Same. And like first of all, how dare you like even say that to me? Like I will get in a fight today for free. Um, and I did. <laughs> I got a. Will get into a fight for free. That's so rude. Yeah, like, who are you? That's so rude. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Who? And it was an, it was an ex-addict, actually. Um, <sighs> anyway, pivoting back to this movie, now that I'm, I've gotten that anger out. Um, Anna is actually, like, her mom, I think, thinks that she's clean, right? Like, she's, she's yeah. been trying to get clean and just keeps relapsing, right? Yeah, because that's why she's in that apartment. I think her aunt owns it or rents it or something. And she's, like, under a house. It's, like, she calls it house arrest. But she's living in this apartment to get clean and, like, stay away from people. Yeah, from whoever she was with before, which obviously Obviously doesn't doing. didn't work. Yeah, I feel like leaving an addict alone to, like, detox might not be the move. And just be like, you'll be fine. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, people know. die from that. Yeah, I was like, mm, I don't know if that's the move, but all right, weird. Well, then at the end, she's like, great, I lost the roof over my head because one of them fucking shoots a gun and it's not a real gun. It's like not a real, there aren't like actual bullets in it, but her mom hears it and is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the well, fuck that's, is happening? That's the scene where um the guy, the the one, her friend, um I've, I forget his name. I'm sorry. Um, he confronts Polo Boy 
about the drugs that they were sold and he's like hey my boyfriend took this and it's the normal amount that we always take of whatever it was what i think i think oxy i think they thought it was oxy he's like yeah this is how much we always take of oxy but for some reason this time we took the same amount and he overdosed and fucking died and he is like basically um like you described this earlier, but he's trying to get Polo Boy to take it so that he can see for himself that it's fake. And Polo Boy, I think, either already knows or is too scared to find out. Yeah. So uh, that's why that that guy, which I should find out his name. Let me find out his name. Let me put some respect on his name. He plays Jimmy. Jimmy, okay. Um, his boyfriend, Stevie, is the one who died. Yes. Um, Jimmy is confronting Polo Boy about it, and he shoots a fake gun to scare him. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, that's why she loses the apartment, because her mom hears and I guess rats her out to her aunt. Which it seemed like, didn't it seem like um, her aunt like let multiple people like detox there? I don't know. Maybe I made that up. Anyway. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree, though. Like, Imogen Poots, <laughs> uh, she's another name where, like, probably if I see her, like, listed as someone in the movie, I'll probably watch it. Because yeah. she picks, like, weird shit to do. And she she is so emotive. Her I mean, her like she has these giant like doe eyes, right? So like mm-hmm. they work to her advantage in this movie because she does get everybody to do stuff for her. Because I mean, it, like you know, like these big doe eyes are like, but please, will you let me do this and that and like have this and that? Like I was saying, I think in a in a previous episode. You know, like, if you give a mouse a cookie, like, she's that person that I was describing, where she's like, oh, my neighbor, oh, um, do you have a car? Can I get a ride? Can I have a dollar? Can I have food? Can I have this and that? Can I use your, can I use your phone? Okay, can I keep your phone? Like, like, you know what I mean? She's that person, and she gets people to do that, do stuff for her in that way pretty easily, I think, because she, she does have, um this little angelic face that you just want to help her yes like she looks like she's got that manny man, manny manic pixie dream girl energy that like yeah you think the guys the is like yes like guys are gonna be attracted to her because she looks so like innocent and like not even innocent but just like she's like a cool girl and she kind of like uses that to her advantage yeah she's always like kind of pretty like. calm um, to, I, I guess calm is not the right word, but she plays it cool, like you said. Um, at parts where most people probably wouldn't play it cool. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, or she. No, she's incredibly calm about like people chasing them, people with guns. <laughs> yeah, she's like guns. Yeah, whatever. It's fucking fine. She's just like I've seen it all. <laughs> I'm like, damn. You've and seen? you get that sense. 
Mm-hmm. That she's just like, oh, I've seen some shit. It doesn't matter. And it's like, Jesus Christ, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like, um, she she has these big like doe eyes that get you to do stuff, but also she's like pretty assertive. So she's gonna yeah. get what she wants. So first she'll like play it like Sour Patch, you know, <laughs> like she'll be nice. Oh my god. Uh, but then if you don't give it to her when she does ask the nice way, she'll like insist. And then Well, and she's like the feels like the mastermind behind everything. You know what I mean? Like she feels like the puppet yeah. master. Which is like kind of badass. Was, right? In a in a fucked up way. Yeah. Like it's she it's orchestrated not badass, the but like it's a little badass. Just because like it's usually like a big guy who's like in charge and it's her who's just like, Oh, I'm fine i didn't do anything and it's like oh my god like you totally are like a schemer a schemer yes a fucking like schemer the perfect title yes yeah um did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with this movie um i don't think so i think that's all i have in my brain about it i i liked it a lot it's it's like a pretty straightforward kind of drug addiction movie but I liked it a lot because it was, like, talking about fentanyl and, like you said, showing addiction from different sides. Like, it's not just partying or not just this or that. Like, it just had, like, a more multifaceted approach to drug addiction. So while it was kind of, like, a more straightforward drug addiction, like, narrative, I think it tr- the director tried to kind of give it more nuance than just, like, look, these people are fucked up addicted to drugs. How sad is that? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think everyone is really good in it. And we didn't even talk about Nev Campbell, really. I mean, she's not in it for very long, but she, I mean, come on. She just, she's incredible in everything. And not that it matters, but she does not look like she's aged, even though she had cancer in this movie. (laughs) She does not look like she's aged. (laughs) And you feel sad for Alex Wolf's character because they're so codependent. But at the same time, it's like, she's got cancer and like, what is he supposed to do? And he loves his mom so much and he's such a good kid. And like, he is just trying so hard to hold on to that and like be the son that she needs him. Like she, that he thinks mm-hmm. she needs him to be. If that makes sense. And it's just like, it's so fucking tragic. And she just is, she doesn't want to live anymore. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like, when he's like, you can't combine, like, the the pills and the patch, I think she knew what she was doing. Like, in terms of, I do it all the time, I combine them. I know she was in pain, but in the back of my head a little bit, I was like, I wonder if she was just like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I just, that's how I saw it, but it doesn't really, like, I don't know. That well, was my vibe. She did right. she did already tell him like she's not going to fight the cancer anymore. Yeah. Um, so she she already let him know like she's not going to pursue any more like medical attention for it. But I don't think she meant to to combine those and die. Like I don't think she was trying mm-hmm. to kill herself okay. cuz they're so codependent and so close. That, to me, it just doesn't seem like she would leave without, like, saying goodbye or writing a note or anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She, she, like, when she's telling him that she's not going to continue um, her cancer treatment, um, she's it's not in a way that's, like, a goodbye. It's, like, 
okay, like I'm I'm not gonna do this anymore and like you need to be prepared, mm-hmm. but but he wasn't mm-hmm. prepared yet and she knew that. And it's I, I don't know, it just seems like if she was gonna do that, it would have been a more like practical decision for her, not necessarily in the moment where she's in extreme pain. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh- I just okay. feel like she would have been sense. prepared for it more, you know. Fair. I don't know. It could go either way, but I, for me, I didn't. I didn't see it that way. I really don't think she meant to die. I think she, like, I think she would have been okay with dying. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> she was like, "Oh, sweet, that's fine." Terrible, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah, I fair. Don't know. Their okay. relationship is so sad, and it's really That's upsetting. It's so sad. It, it's so sad to see that he, um, and I think this is probably why she wants to stop treatment, is, like, he gives up his whole life for her, and she does not ask him to, it doesn't seem, but, um, you know, he doesn't really go anywhere, he doesn't really have friends, he has a girlfriend that he sees, but, um he's not going to go to college. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's going to stay home and take care of his mom. And mm-hmm. I think she just doesn't want that life for him. And I think that I, th- for me, that's part of why I don't think that she probably did it on purpose because she, she would, I think want to make sure that he was set up for life, you know? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess there were like, arrangements made in in the event of her death like he was supposed to go stay with those other people because i was like that's fucking weird that like he's by himself and no one's checking on him and stuff i know but i guess like he what is like 18 or 19 so like i fuck it (laughs) yeah they can't make him i mean at a point when when they have her shiva um i forget this guy's name i remember him from the l word um, in any event, this guy, he, he's supposed to go, like, at least stay with him for a little while until he's, like, yeah. okay-ish. Um, but they really, I guess, can't make him do that, because he is... This also rich. goes downhill really quickly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, the t- like, the time passage is not super clear, but when they're still sitting Shiva and he goes next door, it's like, okay, so this is just, like very quickly gone downhill which is common with drug i mean like it's common but mm-hmm. i feel like the time the time between things is much quicker than i initially thought now that i'm thinking about it like i think it's just not a matter of weeks but maybe more of a matter of days yeah it, maybe? It, that's the only thing um probably that i i had a problem with is like the time passage is not very clear and at first, yeah. like, it does seem like it's weak, but it must only be a matter of days, considering yeah. the Shiva. And, and like, everything. also, maybe it's that thing where it's, like, time has, like, loses meaning when you're on drugs. And, like, you don't know what day sure. it is. You don't know how many days have passed. You don't know what's going on. And you're kind of just floating through. Yeah. And so, I guess not only when you're on drugs. He's really depressed, too. Yeah, when, like, you're depressed and grieving the loss of your mother, who obviously was, like, your best friend. And really the only person he had, besides his girlfriend, I guess. Yeah, who was just like, I'm going to college. And he's like, bye. And she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I See, I understood that, because I'm that person. 
where I'm like, <laughs> I'm depressed and now I'm just going to isolate myself and I will break up with you um, so that I never I, have to see you again. I mean, I got it because, yeah, I, I got that. It was just kind of like, goodbye. But again, like that isolating thing of like, well, cool. So I'm just going to say fuck it to everything. So. Yeah. For, I, I, I bought it. Like, in the sense that, like, I'm like, well, I don't want to burden someone else with my feelings. Where, of course, you know, that's his girlfriend. <laughs> He's not burdening yeah. her. I don't know. But, yeah, it's just uh, um, all around just sad. <laughs> just the whole thing. Yeah. The whole the thing. ending, too. Uh, where he knows. He knows she's going to die if he gives her this. Yeah. Uh, I love a good downer. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, I meant this. Sorry. <laughs> Don't joke about that. Don't joke about that. <laughs> so that's it for uh, Castle in the Ground. Um, we are taking a break throughout January because I am starting school again, and I'm I'm already losing my mind. <laughs> And I got promoted at my job, and it's busy. <laughs> all good things, but... Yes, all good things, but I think we just need some time to kind of adjust to the new schedules and stuff. Especially school. School more than anything else, I think. I'm not going to lie, I'm scared. You're going to do so well. <laughs> well, thank you, but um, yeah, luckily, <laughs> part of why I'm scared is because when I... So my, my new school is in New York, and um, when I think of New York, all I, this is rude, but all I picture is like one huge germ. Everything is like a germ. And that's before COVID. So like, I was really afraid. Like, and, and of course, New York numbers for COVID cases like skyrocketed out of fucking nowhere. So, well, not out of nowhere, whatever. Um, anyway. So I I can be a little less upset because I'm remote for at least the first two weeks. So that's a little something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But you're going to do great. But yeah, so we're going to be taking a break through January. We'll be back in February. We're going to be doing a director series, and we will be doing Lars von Trier, a.k.a. Jesus Christ. <laughs> a.k.a. And not, uh, not him as... Not him being <laughs> Jesus Christ, but me being like, Jesus Christ, about having to talk about his movies. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, a.k.a. clearly my choice. Clearly no, I'm excited choice. to chat about it. I He is not my favorite, but I am excited to chat about him. So it'll be a lively discussion about his films. So get ready for that shit in February. Yeah, we will... Um those we will announce on twitter um those yes. movies i have an idea kind but of narrow it down yeah i'm excited but anyway i'm excited i'm excited too despite me not being his biggest fan i am excited to revisit slash see a couple of his for the first time because i think we'll probably be talking about a few that i haven't seen yet or haven't seen in a long time so maybe it'll change my perspective on him, or maybe I'll double down. I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Anything can happen. Um, <laughs> so get ready for a bad time. Woo! That's the real uh, catchphrase of this podcast. 
get ready for a bad time. Get ready for a bad time. Um, so everybody, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Um, I hope y'all have a happy new year since this comes out right before the the dawn of year 2022. Let it hopefully be better to all of us, but no promises because who knows? <laughs> but we can hope. Um, but if you have any suggestions for Von Trier films we should cover or directors we should be covering, you can send us an email at wonapodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter at wonapodcast. You can also follow the two of us on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Daxi Bobbin. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Please make sure to leave a leave a review. Maybe like us. Give us a little a little subscription. That would mean a lot to us in the new year. And we'll talk to you in February. Bye. Bye. Thank you.